How are you doing today? I'm still alive. <laughs> That's always good. That That is about the sum total of what I got. <laughs> just, uh, just today? Yeah. Work kicking my ass and allergies kicking my ass. I'm just, I'm dragging. Oh, it could be worse. You could have a small child that woke you up at like 1 or 2 a.m. and kept you in a room for an hour. Uh, if only someone had warned you against the perils of having small children in your house. <laughs> I don't know who that possibly could have been. Uh, surely a wise, handsome, debonair young gentleman. Welcome to the HLS Picks Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can join us live over here on twitch.tv slash Sons. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and wherever you happen to find your podcast feeds at. Join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord. As always, you can find us at our home at HerLoyalSons.com. With that said, it is time to bring in Eddie. Eddie, how you doing, my friend? Ryan, we're still here. Week two. The world hasn't completely exploded. Not yet. yet. And and even more so. And, and other arguments for that the world, po- world probably should have exploded. We're both over 500. I mean, hey, we got to We can't give up the first month the way that we usually do <laughs> because we might only get a month. So we had to come in midseason form ready to go. Yeah, I may have to change my stance on it. It's not a wise idea to actually touch these games with the space bucks. Uh, kind of wish I had now, but you know what? If I had, then maybe all my picks would have been wrong. You never know with these things. Like like you mentioned last week, butterfly effect, right, Eddie? You never exactly. know what's going to happen. The, those wings flapping can get you, but I uh, I went ahead and threw some actual bucks, and it was a, it's a nice little weekend for your boy. A couple of sexy money line plays. Coastal Carolina money line free. <laughs> the the Sun Belt paying everybody right now. Uh, but yeah, in case you missed last week, Eddie and I do have a friendly gentleman's rager going on. One hundred dollars wager, something, whatever that word is. I was hoping you would let me pass on that, but oh well. I, I feel like you know me well enough by now to know that's not going to happen ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we do have a friendly wager going on. Uh, $100 donation to Extra Life on the line. And right now I have a slight one game lead on Eddie at six and two, Eddie at five and three. If I had not picked out a spite with Texas and UTEP and gone with Texas like I had felt like, I only would have missed the Notre Dame game. That would have been quite the week. Man. Just just exceptional trapsmanship by your boy. And you know what? That is the whole purpose of you getting a chance to to do your pick, do your thing. Uh, and we're, we're staying consistent. We got another six pack of games. It's still a little wonky because the SEC hasn't started yet. And then the Big Ten might start up in October. They say they're going to start. We'll see how many teams are actually out of COVID land by the time that happens. So we never know what's going to happen, but 
six games. Eddie's going to pick a game. And then we will also have the Notre Dame pick. So eight total. With that said, Eddie, are you ready to roll with this one more week? Keep that streak going. Let's go, baby. All right. And that is not the right scene. Awesome. Uh, back to the beautiful board. A little Twitch error there. That's going to make sense for everybody listening on the podcast. But let's start off with one of Eddie's nemesis. Back on the board is Oklahoma State, a 23 and a half point favorite against Tulsa. Total in this game is 66. What do you got, Eddie? Man, Okie State has lived rent-free in my head for the last couple years. <laughs> yes, they no matter have. No matter what I do, it always goes south on me. Uh, hopefully that does not continue this year, but as of right now, it's just too many points. Uh, Okie State playing their first game of the year. You know, three touchdowns and a field goal pretty much. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard's very, very good. I haven't heard Gundy pop off with anything racist in the last yep. couple of weeks, so <laughs> Lee Hubbard's not too pissed off. But I, I don't think that they have the firepower outside of Hubbard to start putting up huge point totals. And I don't see anyone really going for blood in this pseudo week one, which might be week four, depending upon who's counting. I don't, time means nothing. The world is a flat circle. No one knows what's going on. Yeah, too many points. Give me, uh, give me Tulsa here. I, I actually agree with you. I think we had a good stark warning with the Big Twelve last week that when the they go outside of conference, it uh, ends pretty messy unless you you really have to play like a super patsy. It, it was very clear because Texas blew out UTEP, and, and that was the big point cover. Oklahoma won comfortably, but did not cover because half their team was missing. So you got Oklahoma State. Who knows if we find out because that, that that's kind of they're, they're kind of nearby Oklahoma. So I have a feeling some of the COVID things could potentially be the same. But even outside of that, the, the Big 12 has done nothing so far to make me trust them right now. And Tulsa's not exactly a dead body flinging around in the air. Not that I think they're going to have a, a big chance to win this game and and get to duplicate some of what the fun belt did. But like Eddie said, Trusting Okie State right now with 24 points seems like a hell of a big ass. So I am going to pass on that and take the points as well. Next up, oh man, it's good to pick a Navy game. And no, we don't have to play them at all this season. And here we are, Navy, Tulane. Tulane, your home team favored by seven points. 48 and a half is the total. And I am going to take Tulane in this one. Touchdown seems like a lot. Uh, for a Tulane team that, from what I remember, got off to a very rough start this past week. But if you remember, Ken Nuanato, whatever the fuck, decided that he was not going to have his team tackle all through practice. And they got their tires blown off by BYU. I don't think they're going to be able to reconstruct things that quickly. That's not something you can ramp up to in a short amount of time. It's like a reverse Navy hangover now. You always expect other teams to have kind of a hangover with Navy. I think Navy is going to be on one for at least a month or so as they kind of get their feet back under them. So uh, until the seamen get their land legs under them, go ahead and (laughs) give me the other side. I'll take Tulane. Who do you got? Yeah, Tulane might have struggled a little bit with South Alabama last week, but they got the win. This Navy team sucks. BYU beat the brakes off 
recently. BYU covered the total by themselves. I'm going to be wagering against Navy heavily until given a reason not to. I mean, it's it's right there for us. They, when people show you who they are, you should absolutely believe them. And I think Navy absolutely showed us who they were uh, in week one, week zero, whatever the hell it was. What do we like you said? Time doesn't matter. I don't know where we are anymore. Yeah, especially early on in this weird season, you're not getting the same amount of practices. You can't count on the personnel you're going to have. If you're already looking that bad and clearly hadn't done any tackling until maybe two days before your first game, mm, nah, I'm, until they show that they remember how to play football, I'm not I'm not riding with the middies for a while. Yeah, they looked, oh God, they looked so bad. You, you could tell, like, when they said they hadn't tackled, I'm like, oh, that explains a lot right now because that sure looks like a team that hasn't done anything in a while. All right, next up, I'm actually... I have a game I'm legitimately excited about. It's really weird in these times in 2020 where, you know, we've always heard it's very hard, Eddie, for certain teams to get together. But apparently in these trying times, trademark, one AD can call another say, hey, you free? You free? Sure. Let's go ahead and play. And thus we have a throwback to the Southwestern Conference days, Baylor and Houston. Baylor a four and a half point favorite, 61 and a half is the total. Who do you got, Eddie? I'm going to take Baylor here. Houston, you know, you lose Derek King. You've got Holgo working his roster like a hyped-up 14-year-old on a case of pixie sticks on NCAA 14. <laughs> the way he's cutting weight, forcing red shirts on seniors. I, I mean, he damn near had a mutiny last year. They've lost their best player. Meanwhile, Baylor's got Charlie Brewer, solid young quarterback. He's trying to to get into this weirdly awesome line of Baylor quarterbacks, which is not a sentence I ever thought I would ever say, but <laughs> Baylor, Baylor knows how to put up the points. Granted, it is this is not the same regime that we've seen the last few years. Uh, Matt Rule did a fantastic job, but he's now in the pros. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, the, the whole vibe off of Houston is a bad one. So I'm going to take the Bears. Rawr, bears. Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point because there, there's two ways new coaches seem to go in the first year. I mean, it, it feels like there's no middle ground. Things either shoot off really, really good or they just fall apart. You can tell it's not ever going to work. And really, the first happens more than the latter. The fact that Holgo already had a hell of a lot of issues in Houston right off the bat is not a great sign considering how rare it is to just have you know things blow up willie taggart at florida state you could tell that things just were not working right off the bat there and even though i said on sunday with shane i don't fully blame taggart you just kind of knew he wasn't gonna be able to swing things back up um hell even going to notre dame look at some of the things that we had it, it became very clear when coaches were in over their heads over in south bend so things are very odd in houston and on the other side, I, I just don't see this ha happening to Dave Aranda and Baylor. Um, while I'm, I'm sure it was not a great feeling for Baylor to have Rule head on off to the NFL, uh, he left that cupboard very well stocked. And like you said, there's weapons on that Baylor team right now, which is very, very weird to say. And Baylor might actually still have a little bit of defense because of what Rule did. 
And I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, that Aranda guy kind of knows what he's doing on that side of the ball as well. So, he's all right. Yeah, he, he, I think he's he's done decent for himself. So that is a long way of me saying, even though I don't really trust the Big 12 that much, I trust Houston a hell of a lot less in this game. So I'm going to go with Baylor in the four and a half points. I like that the fact that this is under a touchdown. If it was over a touchdown, I might have a little bit of pause, but Baylor's the home team. I, I think they're, they're going to try to get Aranda a first big win there and keep things rolling down over there. All right, next up, UCF playing upset-minded Georgia Tech, who comes in once again as an underdog, but this time they are the dog as the home team. Seven and a half is the spread for UCF. 62 is the total for this game. And... I'm going to go with Georgia Tech. To, I'm going to play the hot hand, a touchdown favorite plus at home. Look, I know a lot of that had to do with Florida State really not having anything like a functional offensive line. And and really, Georgia Tech shot themselves a lot in the foot with turnovers, which is the one thing that does kind of worry me. But the Knights are over a touchdown favorite. And since Scott Frost left, not that they've had this big downturn, uh, by any means, they're still a good football team, but I think they're getting a lot of credit from a couple years ago, and I'm going to go in the other direction for that. So go ahead and give me the bees. You got Eddie. This is going to be a really boring week for our bet. I'm on the bees <laughs> as well. You know, UCF hasn't played a game yet. Georgia Tech, shout out bees. That money line was a, a beaut last weekend. Really enjoyed that. Appreciate you. Getting the hook is a huge part of this. You think you can just walk into the honeycomb and not get stung by the bees, baby? <laughs> you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech played good football last week. UCF last year had a lot of quarterback questions because of injuries, doing a lot of shuffling around. I, I think they're going to be coming out somewhat cautious, still trying to get their feet under them. I, I don't hate the idea of another low-scoring close game here. I'll, I'm going to take the bees. All right, yeah, this this is boring so far in the first half. We will see what happens, and we got four more picks coming after the break, and we'll catch you right after this. All right, we are back, and we are starting up with a little bit of uh, actually starting up. We're going to have a couple ACC games here coming up. Miami and Louisville, Louisville, a two and a half point favorite. Both these teams coming off of wins, your total 64 and a half. Well, Eddie, uh, you get to start here. Let's see how boring we get to be. Both coming off wins, both coming off covers. Uh, Coach, yeah. Satter, Coach Satterfield, I think I might have said Satterwhite last week because I'd had a conversation with a lawyer whose name was Satterwhite earlier in the day. Uh, my bad. I'm sure that Coach Satterfield's listening has been losing sleep, offended about that all week. Uh, Louisville played strong, had a solid game. I, I was hoping they were going to blow it, but they didn't. <laughs> but all that being said, Miami still got Derek King. I still think he's the best player on the field. I would feel a lot better if it was three and get me up to that key number, but I'll go ahead, take the two and a half, ride with the Canes. Well, taking the road dog, huh? Well, now it's finally going to get a little bit more interesting, Eddie. I'm going to take uh, the Cardinals on this one. 
Uh, I still like what they're doing overall with the program. I agree. Derek King's probably the best player on the field. Uh, but Miami didn't do much to overly impress me to think that they're going to be a, a, a gigantic threat. And I think Louisville is is going to be quite good in the ACC this year. Uh, I don't know up to what tier either of these teams are going to be. So it's probably going to be a, a little bit of a fun matchup. But really what push, pushes this coin flip over the top for me is that Louisville's at home. These these guys love playing their ass off at home. They love playing for Satterfield. So what the hell? I'll go ahead. That's I feel that's the hotter hand right now. And winning is hard. It is very hard to win on the road. And that is not a very big number. So I will go ahead and take the coin flip for the Cardinals. So that's that's interesting to me. Not to not to cut things off where we're going, but it's interesting to think about the strategy of this year. I don't give a shit about home field right now. Because you're getting you know what? what? That's that's fair. There's nobody there half the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're getting anywhere from zero to say fifteen thousand people. Uh, a lot of stadiums, it's dead silent. So it's it's interesting to see how that'll play out. I think it's going to be one of the more fascinating things about this year. Uh, there was I read a great article about uh, I think it was on Action Network about how books are like you know they they've been debating the value of home field the last few years. It's not just the, yeah, throw an extra three on the home team. Uh, they've, they've been looking at different, you know, Death Valley gives you a hell of a lot more than Northwestern type deal. So it's, it's going to be interesting throughout the year to see how that plays out. Yeah, and to be horribly morbid, but also based in reality, let's, let's be honest here. When you travel on the road, you're more at risk than the home team sitting there in their own protocols and or whatever bubble-ish thing they have set up. Like uh, that's that's what I I think because uh, that is a fascinating thing that we should actually track that this year some way somehow. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of my mindset is that uh, the home field advantage isn't always so much the crowd; it's more getting taken out of your comfort zone. And mm. there's no comfort zones right now with the pandemic yeah. going on. That's, so, that's a good point. That's yeah, a really so, good point. Uh, that, that is fascinating. Cause yeah, I do lean on that logic. And honestly, when I was thinking home field advantage, I was not even thinking of crowd just straight out home field advantage. So that's a good segue. I like that. That's why everybody comes here for the hard hitting analysis, right? Yeah. That's what they come here for. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our last ACC pick before Eddie tosses his game out there. Boston college and Duke Duke reeling off of a loss to the Irish. Apparently, it must have been one of those good losses, Eddie, because they are a six-point favorite at home against BC. Total of this one is 52. And, I mean, Duke showed uh, quite a bit of moxie, but, I mean, I know BC's probably not going to be anywhere close to good. Uh, I'm going to lean that I think BC's going to be worse than Duke because... I honestly, I, I picked this line more more so than anything, not because I knew something, but I'm like, oh, hey, ACC, Notre Dame play this opponent. They will play this other opponent. And then as soon as I sat there, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know how to pick this game. Um, look, Bryce did impress me. He showed some flashes. Notre Dame's defense, I think, is really good. And even with that, they were able to still get a little bit up and down the field. And, you know, Notre Dame was just able to clamp down at the end of it. Um, BC, their defense is getting progressively worse year in, year out. And man, I don't know what offensive weapon they have there. So I more so feel that BC just may not be able to put points on the board. So therefore, Duke, who do you got, Eddie? Uh, we got a little more, a uh, little more fight. I'm going BC here for a couple reasons. All right. Uh, 
Duke, I will agree with you. Chase Bryce looked pretty good. Uh, he showed me more than I was expecting. You never know what you're going to get out of the Clemson transfer quarterbacks, but I thought he played pretty well. Uh, but I, I have a hard time laying points with that Duke team because I feel like Notre Dame was playing at about, I don't know, 65% power. It didn't ever seem like Notre Dame was really stressed at any point. So I, I'm not taking up. I'm not going to give them too much credit for that. The good old Papoose from our friend Bill C at ESPN has these two teams dead even. Wow. So I like that. And you think they don't have an offensive weapon. Ryan, how soon you forget, or maybe you're part of the Brian Kelly lockdown (laughs) conspiracy. Jerk is free, baby. Phil Jerkovich has been chomping at the bit for three years to sling that pigskin. He's ready. He's waiting. He's frothing at the mouth. Who the fuck's You're, he going to throw it to? Uh, himself? Uh, a dude. <laughs> Guys being dudes. What could be better? He's not even there anymore. I I will confess. Oh, no. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. The joke still plays because it's I know, still his dudes. I don't dudes. have a fucking clue who BC's coach is right now. It just occurred to me. Who is their new coach? Do you know things, things that are no? I thought you were looking it up. Oh I no, you were I was, vamping. No, that's uh, that's just bad audio right there. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, I have no clue who it is, but yeah, give me the give me the points there. Uh, okay, well, Eddie takes the points, so we are having a little bit of a fight. Jeff Halfley is the coach. Oh, okay, good call. Uh, I forget what he did before. When the world was this dude? Literally, who, who's this dude? Uh, <laughs> co-defensive coordinator for Ohio State. Okay, I, I probably should have known that, but whatever. All right, well, Eddie, next up is your pick, sir. How about you introduce this? Well, kids, the battle for North Texas, the SMU Mustangs, the North Texas Falcons, I think. Eagles, Falcons, there's some kind of bird. Mean green eagles, buddy. <laughs> mean green eagles, there it is. Uh, since TCU was too scared to try and come get the iron skillet back from the ponies, this is now your de facto battle for North Texas supremacy. Ponies laying 14 on the road, going to the mean streets of Denton. And I believe, what, am I up first? Yes, you, this, this is your pick. You are up first, sir. All right, well, we're rolling with the ponies here. Uh, my, my law school alma mater, but Ryan. It's yes. early. There are only, when I looked, just about 400 tickets on this game. 77% of bets, 99% of money on North Texas. Oh, shit. <laughs> as, as you will recall, last week, we had a game where 69% of tickets, 96% of money was on FSU. And you and I both recognizing the casinos are tall and shiny for a reason. We went the other way. I know it's early. I know there are on a ton of tickets on this game. But hey, I'm I'm gonna saddle up behind the counter with the odds makers in the house. We're gonna take everybody else's money. Give me them ponies, baby. All right, I'm gonna make sure I trust my gut this time and go with my initial reaction and not be baited by you again, sir. I'm going with the ponies. No bait. No bait. I, I, no, I'm going with the ponies. See, see, you 
You didn't claim that somebody as dirty as Texas was my team, so it's a little bit easier to pick this one. I'm going with the Ponies as well. Look, they looked extremely sloppy in their first effort, and and I think they only look sloppy in terms more of you know actually holding on to the damn football. They had a little bit of fumbleitis and stuff that you see in Week One sometimes. Hell, Notre Dame and Louisville had it with full practices and full fall camp just a year ago. So it's not like this is completely out of the norm in college football. So I like the fact that they got all the oopsies and dropsies and every other weird ass thing out of the way. I think they're going to be able to refocus. They basically got a bonus by week to work on things. You know, they're, they're actually tackling in practice too. Um, but going to be able to refocus, have a lot of time to look at the film and what they're going to fix. So I really like what SMU has on offense. Uh, I they have so many different weapons. They have a lot of speed, and UNT they had a nice little run, and now everybody that gave them that run they gone. So uh, there's not a whole lot of weapons for UNT. And as a, a great former guest of the HLS podcast, Sean Bass said that uh, the Conference USA not well known for the defense, and it's gotten progressively worse over in North Texas. So that 14 points says it seems very generous to me. And the fact that it is the public's on that opposite side, ooh, buddy, that makes me feel even better. So, yep, saddling up with you, Eddie, but we'll see what happens in this next one because we decided, as, as if 2020 wasn't enough of a year where we had enough weird plague shit going on, nightmares across every corner, the West Coast is literally on fire and covered in smoke, we can't decide what football conference is going to play when, Coach O has basically said that the entire team probably had COVID, and then the AD said he was being too transparent. There's so much weird shit going on, and for some reason, and that weird hey-you-up style of scheduling, we decide, of all teams that, that Jack was going to call, decided to call South fucking Florida up. Hey, let's bring Charlie Weiss Jr. back to South Bend. Let's bring that nightmare back remember remember 2011 remember how awful that is at least as of right now i believe there's no rain in the forecast but who knows we could have a fucking plague of frogs and fiery hell for all i know come saturday and not only that notre dame is favored big 25 and a half points south florida is is uh, the underdog in this total is 48 and a half so to translate do a little math there not expecting South Florida to score a whole hell of a lot. Now, South Florida got to romp on Citadel, which, by the way, Eddie, did you see the most hilarious punt return of all time in that game? Um, I don't know if I did. We, we need to at least take some time to, to say what an incredible play this was, because Citadel punting oh, was out that of the shank. Yes. Punting out of their own. I did see that. Muffs the snap and in a panic, punters doing what he should do. Just try to kick the ball. Get it as far away from you as you can. Unfortunately for him, as far away as he could get in his sheer panic was just inside his own goal line where South Florida happily caught the ball for the a zero-yard punt return touchdown. Easiest TD you're ever going to score right there on it's, special teams. It was beautiful. I mean, he caught it in the air. He didn't muff it. It was, it was gorgeous. That being said, Notre Dame isn't the citadel i really almost hope that schwarbrick was like you know what let's just slay a demon this year 
this team is a lot better than 2011. We won't have weird thunder delays. We already have the pandemic. What else could go wrong? 25 and a half is a hell of a lot of points. And we already got bit in the ass once. But if Notre Dame, you know, they almost fucked around and covered last week. In fact, if BK manages the clock a little better and doesn't try so hard to match the halftime score of the HLS Sim, they might actually end up covering that game. They were really damn close. God, what was, why would you not call the timeout at the end of the first half? So oh, weird. That was, that everybody was, was losing their mind and, and my mush brains over here. Match the Sim, match the Sim. So, <laughs> so I, I, I mean, look, we're getting a little bit of a weapon back. Apparently, whatever odd X zone disappearance that Lindsay was in, he's out of it, which brings a much needed speed weapon to the sideline for South Florida to worry about. Hopefully, Book will realize that he can settle down and, and maybe throw a few yards to a wide receiver. I really love, like, as much as the slow start was for the O line, we have two running backs that know how to hit and explode from holes and really find the seams even the ones i think we haven't had anybody with those good running back instincts we've had good athletes back there but really nobody that it was both good speed plus hitting the hole i i really love what kyron williams did i mean as bad as the running game was at first and as inept as the notre dame offense was at the start of the game Dude had 200 plus yards from scrimmage. Would have had more if Book hadn't have fucked up an easy slip screen. Again, another place where Notre Dame probably might have had a, a little bit easier time covering. So I'm hoping we're able to work out the kinks. We're expecting, you know, much like I said with SMU, you got time to fix some stuff. You're not playing, you know, it's the only worry is that, Eddie, this is a non conference game. Will Notre Dame take this non conference matchup seriously? <laughs> I think they will. Um, I know I'm bringing on a lot of, I'm worried about doing this. I feel like I'm jinxing it, but South Florida is, is just not good. Notre Dame. This is not 2011. It could be worse, (laughs) but I'm going to go ahead and take the Irish. Who do you got, Eddie? Uh, I'm actually taking South Florida here. And this is not, I, I don't think it's a throwback to 2011. I do have weather.com up right now. Forecast only a 10% chance of rain, high of 64 and sunny. So we shouldn't have too much of that to worry about. But there are a couple of reasons why I'm taking South Florida here. First, uh, I think the under is the much sure, sure play in this one. Uh, it'll, you could probably get it at 49 in uh, certain establishments. I think that's going to be a much better play. We had a lot of injuries last week. Like you said, Braden Lindsay back on the depth chart should be back playing, but by all reports, it was a hamstring issue. So are you going to really have him out there running goes? You know, you don't, you don't need him running a ton of nines. You're going you're gonna to try and work him in slowly. You also got to remember they had limited camp time. So a lot of this is still playing up to full season shape. Uh, we, we lost Gorenic to, an injury last week. Uh, maybe he didn't get enough calcium on his bones in Northwestern. They weren't <laughs> drinking milk. I don't know. Poor Skoranek already getting catching strays from you in week two. <laughs> That's, I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's not a stray. I'm just saying he went out. I, I don't know if they have vitamins at Northwestern. They're a bunch of fucking nerds, man. Uh, complete aside. Do you know what I discovered today on Twitter? Uh, I do not. Coach Fitz blocked me. <laughs> impressive i I have no 
I'm dunking on him just like any other Twitter nerd. Somehow, apparently, I, I fired one a little too hard for his taste because all I saw when they did that stupid ass reveal of the Northwestern player coming out of the water, all I saw in my timeline was tweet unavailable, tweet unavailable, tweet unavailable. <laughs> uh, did you add him at some point or is he a vanity searcher? I would I could see Fitz being a vanity searcher. I, I honestly don't know. I'm sure I added him back when he did his hashtag whatever email me at. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that's that's my aside today. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's hilarious. Um, I don't think we see Kyle Hamilton this week. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him for Wake. Let Kyle Hamilton get healthy. He is the most important player on the defensive side of the ball by far. I thought the defense looked pretty damn good last week. Uh, some young guys. I mean, Ogan Deji looked incredible. Foskey. Man, I, I was I was really hyped for him after listening to the Rakes preview, and and a lot of people were hyping him up. And man, he looked good. I had the vapors watching him play. That was awesome. He, the I, I feel really good about the the defensive line, especially the end rushers. You know, still some questions about some of the secondary spots, but on offense, you know, Ian, ooh, buddy, really overthrowing that ball quite a bit. Uh, a lot of happy feet. You know, again. First game in the weirdest offseason you're ever going to have, replacing all of your skill position guys pretty much. I think this is going to be a more ball-controlled game. I think you're going to work on that running game. Uh, like you talked about, incredible for performance by Kyron Williams last week. Uh, Chris Tyree got everybody thinking they were going to have to call a doctor in four hours with that first touch he had. Uh, he's he's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to him in the future. But I think this is going to be another low-scoring game. I think the Irish are going to just try and take care of business, get out of there. And on the flip side, look, South Florida's not good. Uh, They did cover on our line. But if you'll recall, I told you if that line gets to 21, you might have some value. Pushed it, hit it right on the number. So, (laughs) But the the one one intangible. You you were preaching it. You knew what it was. I, I, I should use my powers for much better purposes like finding lines that I can cover and betting on them. But the one intangible chuckles, the second coming back to South bend where he was a, a target of ridicule for quite a while. I've got a hunch. He's got some special plays drawn up. He's going to want to get some points on the board. It's, it's just too many points, 25 and a half. There's no way I can't, I can't lay it right now. I don't think there's a motivation to cover it. I don't think there's going to be that many points in the game. I'm more likely going to be on the under. That's probably a stay away on the spread for me. Uh, just those non-conference games, man. So they're, 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 it's hard, hard to get up for when you're when you're so used to the the visceral hatred of an ACC conference matchup. Yeah, I just it's it's just hard to do. I I don't know how a, a team could manage outside of any kind of conference play. It's just too too much, too much. Uh, but also, Eddie, I mean, you mentioned the offense and some of Book's woes, but I noticed something, something weird, and and I don't know if it feels right. Uh, you didn't once mention Tommy Rees. I it's week one, man. I'm trying. I'm I'm really trying. I was I was not particularly pleased, especially the first half, uh, with with the play calls and some of the choices. Neither was Dungy. Neither was Dungy. Hey, 
Shout out Tony Dungy. He did good. He did good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed his commentary. I was really not super hyped when they named him because of, I, I think the, the, the color spot is a very good place for him. It, when he was doing the Sunday night stuff and getting to wax poetic on things is typically when the bullshit kicked in that I didn't want to hear. But I thought he had some very cogent analysis, uh, some really interesting. I mean, the dude's a hell of a football coach. So obviously he's got some great, his, a great football mind, had some really great points. Uh, I thought he and Tariko worked really well. They didn't have incredible chemistry yet, but I think that'll come. Uh, I, I miss Catherine Tappen. You know, Jack, Jack Collinsworth is, he's, he's good. And he it sounds terrifyingly like his dad. He really does. That's one thing when he was doing like stuff for ND uh, back when he was there, that was the first time I heard him speak. I was like, what the fuck? How do you get that exact to do a voice of somebody? Just yeah. insane. But, uh, but for people who are dismissive of sideline reporters, Catherine Tappen's very good at her job and, and Collinsworth is still learning how to do it. And you could tell by how long it took to get any kind of an update on Kyle Hamilton. Yep. <laughs> I, I feel like if, if Tappen's there on the sideline, we're getting that, I don't know, 40 minutes earlier. That's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. It's a tough place to, to cut teeth. And I'm sure uh, as of right now, it, that's, that's something where uh, someone knowing you kind of when you were a wee little lad inside Notre Dame, it's a little bit harder to maybe uh, get BK to open up to you like a, a regular reporter, maybe initially at first, got to build up a different rapport, but For uh, sure. I, I like it. Uh, I at least like that. We can have somebody without a shadow of a doubt from Notre Dame is about Notre Dame. And that, that that's the thing you don't typically see on NBC too much, but yes, I do love uh, Catherine Tappen as well. She will be missed out there on the sidelines, but so far, week one, yeah, good, good booth tangent, but I, I like what yeah. they threw together so far. It's not, a hell of a lot better than Flutie. I will yeah, say not, that shit. <laughs> not having someone actively root against the team on the call is a nice change of pace. It definitely, definitely is. Well, there we go. Uh, Eddie and I uh, ended up disagreeing on three games, so still a little bit of room for, for stuff to get crazy. And I mean, just going to keep riding this as long as we can, because who knows when the ride's going to end uh, so far, at, at least uh, knocking on all the wood available next to me right now. But um, I, I was worried about maybe numbers doing a little spiky spike over at Notre Dame this week. And thus far, so far, so good. So, so hoping that, uh, cause I like that the students were able to have their own kind of torn party inside Notre Dame stadium. I thought that was pretty awesome. So that was a very good tweet. That, that was a very good tweet, by the I, way. You know what? I have my moments. I have my moments, but yeah. So that's what we got. We'll have another eight next week. And Eddie, lead us out, my friend. Kids. I know I'm it, hearing this from me is probably not going to work. Because I know I'm one of the more superstitious folks that you probably hear from when it comes to football, whether it's on here or on Twitter. Don't worry about 2011. Don't think about 2011. It was an aberration. The, the, the weather delays aren't going to be there. The, the shenanigans are not happening. Don't worry about it. This is not a, a BC type curse. There, we're fine. And I know that's very hard to believe coming from me because I <laughs> tend to perpetuate these types of stupid narratives. But just 
don't worry about it, kids. We're going to be okay. I'm glad football's back. It was last weekend was fun having people just firing off jokes about games or having just 33 tweets with one word exclamations all over the timeline. It, it felt good. It felt right. And hey, yeah, the slate might not look all that sexy. The game of the week last week was UTSA Texas State. Oh my God, that game was fucking fire and a half. That poor kicker, though. (laughs) It was just bonkers. So you never know what you're going to get. Just enjoy the ride. And and kids, I know why I lost the first week to Ryan. It was it was a message from Gambler because I didn't give you the proper sign off. So I I love you all. Hope you're all safe. If you're listening to us out on the West Coast. Shit, I hope you're not on fire and still able to breathe. Please be safe wherever you are with everything going on right now. <laughs> we're we're going to make it. I hope 2020, please just go away soon. <laughs> Holler we're your boy. <laughs> Holler at your boy, Pot at the Montecito. You know you want to hear about that TV show, Las Vegas. It's so good. Come find us. Get it on Peacock, you cowards. The cowards. It's so good. Why would you not have it? Uh, somehow through our ND connection, I'm going to get to NBC somehow. I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> but children, as always, go Irish and hail Gambler. All right. That is going to do it for us. Thank you to everybody that joined us live over here on twitch.tv slash her loyal sons. Of course, make sure you're subbing to that podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and wherever you find your podcast feeds at. Join us in Discord over on HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord. Of course, you can always find us at our home at HerLoyalSons.com. Until next time, y'all, go Irish, beat COVID, beat Bulls. Have a good one. Have a good one.